Hi, welcome to episode 502 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and they used to call me the fifth wheel all the time, whenever I went on family vacations with my parents and my brother and my sister. Today, it's Fantastic Four 502, aka Volume 3, Number 73, from October 2003, just like last issue. Fifth Wheel, Part 2, by Mark Wade and guest artist Casey Jones. So we pick up where we left off last issue, at Coney Island, with Sue and Ben and Franklin, who is freaking out over the autograph seekers hounding his mom and Ben. His trip to hell recently has left Franklin a little edgy, you might say. Sue puts up a force field and apologizes to the fans, who are no longer fans. One lady calls them freaks, a menace, and she yells out, Police! Ben tries to tell everyone to calm down, but that one bitchy lady says, Don't touch us, monster! My husband is NYPD! You lay one finger on my Toby and I'll... With this, Ben roars up and he yells out, Rawr! Things smash puny humans! Rawr! And everyone runs for their lives. So they're alone again, and Franklin calms down, goes back to being quiet and withdrawn. Ben tries to tell him that everything will be alright again, and Franklin turns to him and says, Liar! Liar! And he starts pounding on Ben's chest, saying, You keep acting like this is all okay! Sue has to hold back her son, and he says, He doesn't want to be there anymore. A group of policemen show up, and Franklin starts screaming at them, and cussing at him, telling them, Get the bleep away from us, bleep! Ben tells the cops that Franklin went to hell recently, and he's acting out a little. And the cops are like, uh, okay, okay, what? But Franklin is still yelling out and freaking out over the cops, and then Sue realizes something. We see things from Franklin's point of view, and the cops look like demons. Sue knows what's going on. She tells Ben, he thinks he's still there. Elsewhere, back in time, Back in the distant past, it says, in the 20th century. That distant past of the 20th century, Reed and Johnny are spying on a young Victor Von Doom with plans to kill him before he even gets started. Johnny hands Reed the laser rifle and he takes Valeria, the kid. Reed thinks about it. He aims and, and, and he chickens out. Of course he chickens out. And Johnny says that he knew that Reed wasn't going to go through with it. And then he goes on and on with some psychobabble about Reed's rage and depression. And all this talk sends Reed over the edge, and suddenly he aims the gun again, and he fires at young Victor. Back with Sue and Ben, they've cleared the area, the cops are gone, Sue's trying to calm Franklin down, she's telling him that he's not in hell anymore, it's only Brooklyn, nothing to worry about. She gives him a hug, tells him that he's safe, and she makes everything around them invisible so it looks like they're in this big empty area. But Franklin, he still doesn't speak. He still seems to be out of it. This is a very serious storyline. Franklin has seen some serious shit while in hell. And if, thing, if things were to be realistic, he would never recover. Like, I've had some uh, old men in my family who saw some horrifying stuff in World War II, and they were screwed up for the rest of their lives. But this is a comic book, and Franklin will recover. But right now, he's a mess. Sue was crying, and... Ben says that despite Sue's best efforts, Franklin knows the truth. He isn't ever going to be truly safe. Back in the 20th century, Reed is fired at young Victor with his rifle, but he missed. Victor jumps up, yells out, 
Who dares? Coward! Whoever is out there, no one threatens Victor Von Doom. Do you hear? And then he turns, and he and his girlfriend head the other way, with Doom saying, I will find out who did this. So, he wants to find out who shot at him, but then he turns and he heads in the other direction. It sounds like he doesn't want to find out who shot at him. Reed, by the way, is standing there in the open. How Doom doesn't just turn around and look back and see him is a mystery to me. Suddenly, the rifle catches fire, which must be Johnny's doing. He reminds Reed of what Reed would say. You nearly created a paradox that would have destroyed the entire space-time continuum. I think I said the same thing last episode. Reed says that he didn't miss. He hit what he was aiming at. And that was to hit part of Doom's hair. I didn't know Reed was such a good shot. Reed stretches over and he picks up a chunk of young Victor's hair off the ground. And they teleport back to good old 2003. Back with Sue and Ben. Ben is telling Sue that Franklin doesn't believe her when she says he'll always be safe. And they should try to be honest with him. They live in a world that isn't always safe. He picks up Franklin and puts him on his shoulders. And we see from Franklin's point of view, it still looks like they're in hell to him. Ben says that at least in hell, there's a chance of being rescued. Now that I think about it, this is the most 9-11-y this book has gotten in the two years since. And probably the first time that I can recall that Franklin truly seems traumatized by all the crazy stuff that he's been through. He wasn't this bad off during Heroes Reborn when he thought his family was dead. He recovered pretty quickly from that. Sue reminds Franklin that his uncle Ben grew up in Yancey Street, the toughest, most brutal neighborhood in all of New York. I find that hard to believe. Yancey Street is in Manhattan. You mean to tell me that Yancey Street is worse than any part of the Bronx? I don't think so. She says, there are no guarantees for safety in this life, but that doesn't mean you have to live in misery. Someone needs to send that memo to Donald Trump supporters like my parents. Ben sits down on a bench and says, okay, it's clobbering time. And for the first time, he doesn't mean that literally. He asks Franklin to tell him about what happened in hell. And then Ben goes into the whole woe is me story about how much his life sucks being stuck as a orange rock monster. But Reed, Sue, and Johnny helped him get through the tough times, even though he doesn't mention the fact that Reed and Sue are responsible for those tough times to begin with. Of course, Reed and Sue are also responsible for putting their child in danger and for situations where Franklin keeps going to hell. But Ben goes on to say that despite being a rock monster, he's been able to see alien planets, goblins, underwater cities, and ancient pirates. Oh, I love a mention of the old Blackbeard scheme. And he says that despite all that, he wouldn't trade his life for all the safety there is. He mentions how they had to go to the negative zone on the day that Franklin was born to find a cure to the radiation problem Sue was having. And even though that was dangerous, it was worth it. He concludes, My point is this. Safety isn't all that it's cracked up to be. Not if your life is a life worth the risks. And this speech gets through to Franklin. And we see from his point of view that he no longer sees that he's in hell. And now he can tell that he's really in Coney Island. And he hugs his mother. Yay! He's cured! That's all anyone needs. Anyone who's been through some very traumatic event, they just need a good speaking to. The issue ends with Ben writing in his journal, or his diary. Oh my god, I would kill to read that diary. 
There's got to be some really juicy stuff in there. But today he's writing about how Franklin is getting better and better every day. And finally sleeping through the night. And he stopped drawing pictures of hell. And he's talking again and wanting to play basketball. Rita's also back to normal, getting back to normal, working in the lab again, probably coming up with something that will fling them into their next adventure, or fling their son back into hell. And his journal entry ends with him writing, I don't know that we'll ever be the same again, but maybe that's okay. And that is the end of the issue. And I really like this issue and the storyline. Both Reed and Franklin have been through some very serious trauma, and it's nice that they've taken a break and devoted a couple of issues to dealing with it in fairly realistic, straightforward ways. Well, at least with Franklin. We've had some issues where Ben and the She-Hulk had to deal with serious trauma, and usually that involved breaking a lot of things. The treatment of Franklin over the years, the trips to hell, attacks by aliens and monsters and criminals, the seeming deaths of his family, being turned into a vegetable, I could go on and on. He's been through a lot, and usually he seems pretty chipper about it. But for the first time here, he's finally acting like a real boy. And it's a pretty heartbreaking issue. The only downside to this issue is that Franklin seems to recover too quickly. Maybe they could have dealt with the issue a little longer. Uh, But then again, maybe they do. I don't recall what happens with the rest of the Wade issues. It's been so long since I've read them. And then only once. I am curious to see what happens next. Does he continue to have problems, or is this the last we hear of it? And so that's all for this episode. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. You can download other episodes of iTunes or find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. If I wanna see the